Welcome to the Prep Rally Podcast. My name is Dominique Gates. Joining me is Jason Price. Jason, you got your voice back yet? I think so. We'll see how it goes if we're on here for 30 more minutes. Yeah, I got a little struggling toward the end. Got a little worried at first uh, last week. I don't know if I need to make sure I had my booster shot or something. I <laughs> kept clearing that throat. I said, I'm all okay, you know, because nothing is just like allergies or nothing anymore. It's yeah. just COVID. Yeah. That, yeah. That's what I've accepted. So I don't care if it's a headache or your finger's hurting. It's Unfortunately, that's where we're at in today's world. But we are going to talk about a lot of stuff today. And coming off a, a interesting week from Friday Night Football, we got some big games on tap for this weekend. But the big news that happened on that Friday night while we were both in the St. X press box was Gavin Wimson, Orangeboro star quarterback, a candidate for Mr. Football, leaving school early at Orangeboro enrolling at Rutgers for the fall semester. So definitely some big news and yeah. just really came out of nowhere. And uh, before I just talk about it, which I think first things first, good for him, right decision. Jason, what were your thoughts on it when you heard the news and just opinion as a whole? Yeah, I think we we're all surprised. You know, I don't think any of us saw it coming. Although, you know, I talked to Owensboro coach Jay Fallon late Friday night, and he said it was something that they knew was a possibility for a few weeks. So um, I, I think my opinion on it might have been different if no one at Owensboro had any clue, yeah. <laughs> you know, that this might be coming. You lose your quarterback, you know, you know, um, just like that. But apparently, you know, they kind of knew that this was a possibility. And um, so, yeah, he plays Friday night, and then he's off to uh, New Jersey over the weekend. And, uh, I, I, you know, the thing is, Gavin hasn't come out and talked. We've reached out to him, haven't heard back. So all we can do right now is sort of speculate on a lot of things. Um, you know, is Rutgers interested in him playing this year? We don't know. Um how in the heck can a kid just decide he's going to graduate from high school? Yeah. <laughs> uh, just like that and be eligible to go to college. I think those are things, um, you know, nowhere, no one really knows the answer to. Um, and then, you know, there's been a couple of things out there, you know, speculation wise. And again, we don't know, but, you know, uh, I think one newspaper article I read up in New Jersey talked about, uh, you know, Gavin really just wanted to get out of Kentucky because he's getting a lot of grief. For not uh, about going state, yeah. out of state, so um, you know, I, I, given given the history of, of kids in this state doing that, I, I would imagine he has received a little bit of grief over it. I don't know how much. Um, and then there's a lot of stuff about uh, you know the NIL, you know, name, image, likeness that he's he's got some deals worked out as far as that goes. Uh, was going to get some money, you know, right off the bat. So. Uh, probably some details on a lot of that stuff will be, you know, coming out over the next week or months or, or whatever. So, um, but, you know, in general, it's a big loss for Kentucky high school football because, you know, this kid was outstanding, got Owensboro to the state final last year. Not only a candidate for Mr. Football, I think he was the front runner, um, even though he, he, he was going to Rutgers, because I don't think there's another senior out there with that sort of name recognition. It was really just, yeah, some huge news, and it was pretty crazy to hear. But I, I think, yeah, those points that you made were interesting, and if there's any truth to it, first things first, I mean, Twitter can just be just the enemy sometimes. And I noticed that just because of Louisville losing on Monday night <laughs> uh, to Ole Miss, Twitter, Louisville Twitter went nuts, and... Anytime, yeah, you see a kid that doesn't stay in state, like Gavin Williams said, you could see fans t- tweeting some of the just most vile, just nasty things imaginable. So 
Hopefully it isn't anything like that, but I could understand if you do want to get out of just a toxic nature, if if you will. But then, yeah, I think one report, obviously not confirmed, but an ideal m- might be reaching like six figures. Yeah. So, again, NIL has just changed how we are viewing college athletics. And if a kid is going to be able to benefit early, get a chance to play early or, you know, get a chance to make that type of money, like more power to you because – a lot of times, especially in today's world, when you hear these people saying like, oh, you know, back in my day, we just we played for the love of the right. game and we did this and that. But like, you don't know these kids' situations, right. their households, their families, what they're doing. So who knows what this could be game changing for his family back in Orangeboro. So I say, you know, good for him. Uh, more power to him. Best of luck. But. Also, but in terms of football, I mean, it really shakes up Class 5A. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, you mentioned they were in the state final last year. You've watched Bowling Green up and down. South Warren, you know, I think that they're 1-1 one one to this point. And uh, Covington Catholic has struggled. So I, that's one thing that stands out to me. Yeah. It could really even more so open things up in Class 5A. Well, I think I think 5A Frederick Douglass is by far the yeah. team to beat in that class. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they've really shown their class so far this year. And like you mentioned, all those other teams have sort of um, struggled. All, it does look like Highlands maybe is – Highlands might have their best team in a while, so yeah. it'll be interesting to see what they do against Covington Catholic later this year. So, um, yeah, it it does hurt Owensboro's chances. You know, losing a kid like that, you can't. You know, you it's hard to imagine them. You know, getting to a state final with a brand new quarterback like that. But you know, a couple other things that you mentioned is, you know, I had one coach tell me after this news broke that this is just the beginning. You know, the NIL stuff, you're probably going to see more and more of this sort of thing happening. And, you know, not just in football and in basketball and everything. So um, it, it, I, I guess the whole NIL madness or whatever you want to call it is starting to trickle down and, and affect high school sports. And we knew it would. It was just a matter of time. And then and the other thing you mentioned about Twitter and, you know, th- this is a thing that I have totally, you know, I've never understood the whole we can't stand a kid from our state going out of state. Yeah. I, I just I mean, I understand sports fans, I think we work we both work in this business, we get it. That this is just a concept that just blows my mind. Yeah. I don't get it. Okay, you're a UK or U of O or a Western or whatever fan. There's a good kid in your state. You want him to come to your school, he doesn't. Okay, I get it. Maybe you're a little disappointed as a fan. Right. But that should be the end of it. Yeah. I mean, where else are you going? Yeah. Tweeting at the kid, tweeting at the family. I, I mean, if it was your own kid yeah. and he had the opportunity to, and he loves some school out in the state, I mean, I, I this is just a concept that's beyond all rationale to me. I, I've never understood it. And, and I think it, you know, you can take it a step further, you know, People getting on Satterfield and Stoops for not recruiting the state and, and things like that. Ultimately, I don't know why people care where the where the kids come from. I know. You know, okay, you want a kid in state, you don't get him, get over it. Yes. You know, be happy for the kid that he's going where he wants to go. I agree. And but here's my thing too: the fans like, how do we know how hard Mark Stoops was recruiting? Yeah, Gavin Wim said. Yeah. How hard was Scott Satterfield recruiting him? How hard was anybody? So it's like, we don't know that. Greg Schiano might have went to his house and said, you know, you're going to be my guy. I'm going to promote you, boost you, 
And obviously Greg Shannon has NFL experience more than Mark Stoops and Scott Satterfield and inside other coaches. So who knows what type of situation it could be. So, yeah, that, that's one thing I find ridiculous. And I'm telling you, I've seen some tweets over the years where kids are like, I hope you have a horrible career or you get hurt first game and all of these things. And if you are one of those people and you're listening to this podcast, shame on you. Delete, delete your Twitter. Delete your account. Yes, please yes. delete that Get off account. social media. Yes, because I, it's just the it's remarkable to me that, like you said, this is the world we live in, and just people love to hit the panic button and all of that. So uh, again, and I mean, even then, you look at like Mark Stoops, or like they're fine. They're getting quarterbacks they want and yeah. players that they want. So let the players do what's best for them. And yeah, if you are a you know. At Joe one two three four, you know some middle aged guy sitting on your couch who's never even who couldn't make it out of high school playing football, and you're tweeting mean things to seventeen year old kids. Again, delete your account. I'm done. That's all I got. Yeah, we can get over that one. Let's talk football now. Let's talk other football, <laughs> actual games that happened, and of course the biggest game this past Friday was Mel St. X. I mean, touchdown game, uh, you know, one possession game there. St. X <laughs> had a chance to tie it up and. Maybe either win the game because they weren't going to force overtime. Kevin Wallace already said he yeah. would have went for two in that situation. Yeah. So could have been an upset win or uh, a tough loss. But regardless, it was a very impressive game, no question about it, for St. X. Not having six starters on defense. Had a very lethargic game against Central the week before. Mel had been rolling. But they had the Bulldogs on yeah. the hills. And I think it showed once again that St. X, they're without question not only the second best team in 6A, but one of the three, four best teams in the state of Kentucky. Yeah. yeah. I, I've kind of gone back and forth on this game since Friday night, kind of trying to figure out, and we'll never really know truly the answer of, you know, it's 28 to 7 Mayo at halftime. Yeah. They dominated that first half. Yeah. And and I, I kind of go back and forth between did Mayo take the foot, their foot off the gas a little bit in the second half? Versus how much credit do you give St. X for making it a game in the second half? And, it, and it's probably a little bit of both. Um, you know, Kevin Wallace said he challenged his defense at halftime. He said he may have, uh, what was it? He said he he may have coached some fear into them during the week and maybe given May a little too much respect, uh, you know, uh, in that game. And, and, and I think they came out in the second half and they didn't play scared. And, you know, they had a chance to win that game at the end. So, um, you know, like Kevin said, you know, if if we got anything out of this game, we proved to ourselves that we can play with them. Yeah, and you know, got them believing. And you know, Mayo was fine. You know, they weren't obviously weren't very efficient on on offense in the second half. And um, you know, they have some stuff to work on. There's no doubt about it. And you know, and I guarantee you Chris Wolf's going to take that and, and and use it going forward. And maybe you know. Maybe if if Mayo thought they were the runaway number one team in six A, which I still believe they are, but um, Chris Wolf isn't going to let them believe that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and that's the thing, you know, because there's not going to be many teams. Kevin Wallace mentioned it. There's not going to be many teams that'll play Mel as close as they did. So I know he was, you know, he probably didn't sleep much this weekend, thinking like, man, I had it. Like yeah. they were right there, and <clears throat> there's probably you know some play calls that they probably should have done differently. Some other situations there that they could have, like I said, approached differently. Just the game, like you take away just that abysmal first half, yeah. just take away a touchdown, you know, and we're talking about something totally different. So yeah, I think that's something that will eat them up and. 
Yeah, again, I agree with you. I'm not really sure what to make of it because who knows if they met in the playoffs, if Mel put a running clock on them, wouldn't be surprised because we've seen that before where a team thinks like, oh, we, we can compete and play close. Later on down the line, it's a much different story or the roles could be reversed, but it does, again, make some things interesting and it adds some confidence for probably some other teams in the area that will have to play Mel like Manuel and, and teams of that nature thinking like, they're not as dominant like yeah. you know Trinity last year right. or it's a team like where you just know that weren't going to be very close. But it did still make for a fun playoff-like type game yeah. with the crowd and the atmosphere. So that was a lot of fun. So before we move along, let's listen to Chris Wolf. He talked after the game, and he kind of made the point in the quote saying, like, if they think we've arrived, like they got another thing coming. So let's listen to that. Big first half, kind of took control, held on second half just kind of assess it overall I guess well um, you know we kind of got in a funk on offense I think um, you know just we weren't clean on offense Uh, we dropped some balls today that we don't drop uh, that could have put the game away Uh, just one of those things Uh, this is good for us I mean it it was a battle we had to fight back the defense had to show up and, and finish the game um, you think your offense scores 28 in the first half, you're kind of on cruise control, and maybe that was the mindset. And uh, we certainly couldn't get anything going consistently in the second half. So uh, plenty to work on. Uh, if a guy thought we had arrived, well, we haven't arrived. we got plenty to work on. Was it a, a, a philosophy change or anything in the second half offensively or just more of? It's, a, it's kind of a, it's a snowball kind of a combination of things. We make some wrong decisions. And uh, we're just a little bit off, maybe a little bit too relaxed. I don't know the answer. Um, I guess the one thing is you maybe could give credit to St. X for, uh, for coming out and digging in and, and giving us a, a tough uh, way to go in the second half. So I don't know what the answer is. I just know um, we found a way to hold on and win the game, which is the most important. We got plenty to work on, which is, which is going to be great for us for moving forward. Let's uh, talk about some other teams or team that have really stood out that's kind of like our weekly shout out if you will for last week it was eastern before that we talked about cal we talked about kentucky country day like a lot of teams that are playing good football and there's another team that you want to give a shout out to who's a team that's really stood out to you that's been impressive um i've got to go with odom county i mean um their win saturday at fern creek not just beating fern creek but beating them 39 to 13 um so, you know, Tayshawn McBroom, the, the first-year coach over there at Odom County, has done a great job. I mean, you, yeah. you look at, you know, they went on the road their first game, one at Simon Kenton. You know, Simon Kenton's always a, 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 a decent, you know, 6A program. And, you know, then they beat a, a Shelby County team that's sort of down this year. But, uh, you know, to be 3-0 and against that schedule, I, I'm not sure a whole lot of people would have looked at that and said, Odom County is going to be three and zero to start the season. So, um, you know they do have a very good quarterback back and Sam Young, who's done a good job there. So, um, you know I, I think that's a little bit of a surprise. Um, they were supposed to play Meade County this week, and Meade County had to cancel. Uh, they they're in a COVID situation there at Meade, so Odom County is looking for a game. Um, and then if they can't play, then you know next Friday at South Odom. Sets up as a as a really interesting game for them. Yeah, so that that's definitely cool, and I definitely had to eat a little bit of crow because I definitely was looking at Fern Creek, yeah. like a team. I figured they they would win that game, but uh, Fern or Odom County, yeah, they're doing well. And I remember talking to a Tayshawn this summer, talking to the guys, like they were confident and they knew that they were going to be able to have this type 
of season so far. So, yeah, definitely worth tipping the cap to them. So let's uh, kind of get it going and wrap it up and have some picks and predictions and get the show on the road. You ready to do it? Let's go. Let's start with Ballard at Franklin County. Ballard's another team worthy of a shout-out. They really bounced back from the loss to Mel, and overall they played some pretty good football. So that's a team that definitely need to keep talking more about yeah. because, uh, team uh, that's, again, they've been impressive, uh, no question about it. And uh, the stadium is beautiful, too, so I can't wait to get out there. And against yeah. Franklin County, though, what do you got? Yeah, you know, Bowers at Franklin County, you know, two top ten teams in their respective classes. Uh, you know, like you said, Bowers sort of um, did a nice job bouncing back from that loss to Mail. They they beat South Oldham forty one to twelve last week. Uh, you know, big game for their quarterback Tristan Hawkins, uh, two hundred eighty nine yards passing, three touchdowns, and also rushed for two touchdowns. You know, for Ballard, it always, for me, we always know they're going to have weapons. Yeah. You know, they're going to be able to throw the ball around. They're going to, they always have, it seems like they have a, a 6'3 wide receiver who can catch the ball. Yeah. And, you know, Shante Marrero is a, is a really good player for yeah. them. For Ballard, it's always what they can do up front. If they can just hold their own on the line and, and not make mistakes on defense, um, you know, they're usually going to be in the game. And then, you know, Franklin County was ranked number one in the state in Class 4A going into last week, and then they got thumped by Corbin. Yeah, they've kind of become the team <laughs> yeah, in 4A. Corbin, yeah, Corbin's looking really good. But, uh, you know, Franklin County was the 4A runner-up last year. Um, then they lose uh, to Corbin 27-7 to on Friday. But, you know, Cade Mormon is one of the top juniors in the state. He's got an offer from UK already along with Toledo and Wisconsin. Um, you know, if Bauer can find a way – I'm not going to say even stop him, but keep him from going for 300 yards or something. Um, uh, this is a tough pick, but I, yeah. I'm, I'll go with Bauer. I, I, you know, I, I think they've, uh, I think they found something there with uh, Tristan Hawkins at quarterback, and um, I think it'll be a tight game. But I'll, t- I'll take Bauer on the road in that one. I think what's made it, what makes it tough for me with this pick, because yeah, you're talking about Franklin County has a strong running back, and the last time I watched Ballard, they gave up 220-plus yards from Daniel Sweeney. That's very true. That's why it makes it hard for me and why I go back and forth because normally I'd be like, yeah, I I would pick Ballard to win, but that rush game makes it tough. But I'm going to – I guess I'll give them the – I hate to do the whole like 6A, 4A nod in that regard, respect, but – Again, when you're playing Mel and teams of that nature, you know it's not like a step down compared to playing Franklin County. But I think you have some weapons and you have some things to work with. So I think they'll be able to stop the run just enough. So I will. I'll go with the Bruins. This is a game that is special, uh, not so much because of the game, yeah. <laughs> but it's Belfry at Central. If you have been in this state and followed football, that right there, you should know why that's so significant. Everyone, you know, some of the best state championship games yeah. ever. But then, of course, prior to kickoff on Friday, Central will host a ceremony to rename its stadium after the late great Ty Scroggins. So it's going to be special. And again, Philip Haywood at Belfry and Ty Scroggins talk about a rivalry by itself and by far one of the best ones this state has seen. Before we talk about the game, just again, talk about, you know, yeah. just how special this is going to be. Yeah, you know. Ty Scroggins and Philip Haywood met in six state championship games, which is pretty incredible. Yeah. Ty won the first four of those. Uh, Coach Haywood got the last two. And, you know, I wrote about this. They developed probably one of the most interesting um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Um, 
unusual friendships I think you would ever imagine when you yeah. just, you know, we're not going to sugarcoat it here. Ty Scroggins, uh, a black man from from Louisville, uh, coaching at an inner city program that's predominantly black. Yeah. Philip Haywood, um, legendary, all-time winningest coach in the mountains, a predominantly white program. Mm-hmm. And uh, they got to know each other through those state championship games. They would they would meet. They, their families would go out to dinner together uh, at, at, during football clinics. And, um, you know, I was texting, texting back with Sherry Duff, the, the PRP principal, who was Ty Scarlin's fiance, And um, I know she was very thrilled that they, that they could schedule this ceremony when Philip Haywood was going to be in town uh, with his Belfie program, so um, that'll be a really nice ceremony Friday night before the game. And then the you know the game itself will be interesting. You know, Belfry's really struggled. You know, they're zero yeah. three. They they lost their first two games. You know, they're playing up. You know, they played Pulaski County and Covenant Catholic and, and lost both of those. And then you know last week they were supposed to play Lexington Christian had to forfeit that game for COVID. So. You know, hopefully they'll be back and, and, and be, you know, at their best. You know, they do have Isaac Dixon, um, you know, one of the top running backs in the state who came back for a fifth year this year, um, a really good running back. You know, and then Central, you know, they got their first win of the year last year or last week, sorry, against yeah. Butler. And, you know, we thought it was going to be the Malachi Williams show in that backfield, but they, they've had a freshman emerge yeah. uh, back there in Cortez Stone who – Rushed for 150 yards and two touchdowns against Butler last week. So I'm, I'm, I'll be at that game Friday. I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to, to, to seeing uh, this Cortez Stone kid. Yeah, absolutely. I've been able to watch him play a couple times, and yeah, been very impressive. And yeah, it's going to be like I said, a, just a special night, a great game, and it's going to be. It could be a really competitive one, and yeah. I think for Central, yeah, that Butler game it was just like they finally was able to play someone closer to their level. Like, you know, it's not St. X or manual, you know. So uh, finally it's like more reality in terms of like now you're going to be able to get into that schedule of teams that's more on your level to where you can see better football games. But as far as the game, for me, I am going to go with Central uh, just because you you mentioned the struggles of Belfry then coming off. Uh, you know, a COVID pause. I do think Central's going to win that. And uh, where are you going with Yeah, I didn't, I didn't make my pick. Yeah, I, I'll take Central going to that, like you said, uh, given Belfry's struggles and coming off a of COVID week. You just you never know how a team's going to sort of react after that. Absolutely. Now we have uh, Lexington Christian at uh, Christian Academy. Cal, another team that deserves <laughs> a tip of the cap right now. They played very well, undefeated, been one of the best in Class 3A. And, and I, you know, it's funny, before we got into the games, you said that the buzz around town that you heard was about Christian Academy, and they really stepped up to the challenge. You know, I knew guys like Easton Messer was really Messer was really good, yeah. and, and Cole Hodge wasn't really sure what to expect early right. on. But, I mean, Cal has really just stood up, and they've done some good things, and you're going to have another undefeated team in Lexington Christian come into town. Cal's made me a believer. So I'm going to stick with Cal. I think they're going to win this game. How, how do you feel with this one? Yeah, I, I think this might be the best game in the state yeah. this week. You know, when you're looking at the the number one team in Class 3A in Cal and the number two team in Class 2A in, in Lexington Christian, which I actually think they're underrated. I think they're I think they deserve to be ranked number one in that class ahead of Beachwood. But uh, that's a that's a that's a story for another day. Yeah. But I, I think when you look at like the low the, the lower three classes in Kentucky, A, 2A, and 3A. I think these are two of the best, maybe four or five teams. I think 
you know, I think Cal is probably the deserving number one in in three A. I think, like I said, LCA, Beachwood, and Mayfield are sort of in that threesome in two A. And then if you threw in Pikeville in Class A, I think I think you could probably make a good argument. Those are the five best three A and below teams in the state. So you got two of those going up against each other, and yeah, this will be a really good game. Um, you know, we don't. The thing we don't know about Lexington Christian, their last game, their quarterback Drew Nieves didn't play. Uh, they they didn't really say why. They just said he was injured. But you know, how deep are you when your your guy, your Mason Moore, who plays defensive back, comes in and plays quarterback and uh, rushes for 140 yards and three touchdowns against Boyle County? Literally, yes. So uh, <laughs> you know, they have a ton of talent. I, I think they probably have the most talent of any team in those lower three classes. When you look at him and you have um, Xavier Brown, the running back who's going to Virginia, I think they have a couple of linemen who are D1 guys. So, um, you know, Lesson Christian is loaded. And, yeah. you know, Christian Academy, you mentioned Cole Hodge, sophomore quarterback. You know, he, he got some confidence last week against Bullet Central, but this is a different animal with Lexington yeah. Christian. And I really think Lexington and Christian might be one of the top ten teams in the state, regardless of class. I, that, in my opinion, that's how good they are. Um, so I, I'm going with the Eagles. I might be I might be overhyping them, but I, I think they're really good. Well, you made me want to flip my pick. <laughs> now, you sold them, man. You're like Franks is on the Lexington, and Christian that's not taking team. anything away from Christian Academy. I think they're not a really all. good team, and I think they're the best team in three A. And LCA just happens to be a a two A team with probably a 5A, 6A level talent. Absolutely. So you, you definitely sold them. But I'm going to stick with Cal. i got to right. do it. So. That'll be an interesting game. I'm, I'm not saying Cal Regardless, can't win, yeah. for sure. Yeah, so I, I'm going to try to sneak over there uh, Friday night. So I look forward to seeing the game. So we have two more games to <coughs> pick on. We have Lexington Catholic at PRP. Uh, Lexington Catholic, another team that's, yeah. again, they played well. And they've had a lot of people just kind of stand out and, Obviously, again, Covington Catholic, not the same Covington Catholic of yeah. the past, but it doesn't matter. When you beat those type of teams, it's still marquee yeah. games, and it you know makes your confidence sky high, and you're able to just build off that. And now you have a PRP team who, obviously, in another different way, in a losing effort, they can take some confidence off competing yeah. with Bowling Green, you know, the defending 5A state champion. But for me, I just think that Lexington Catholic – they have some swagger and confidence too, similar to Lexington Christian. Yeah. So I, I'm just going to go with Catholic in this game over PRP. Uh, so well, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'll go with Catholic in this game. And you mentioned they beat Covenant Catholic last week. But not only that, they won at Covenant Catholic. And I believe, I have this right, I think they were down two touchdowns with about eight minutes to go in that game and scored three touchdowns in the fourth quarter to come back and win it. So not only do they win at Cat, they have that momentum of a of a you know kind of a comeback victory there in the fourth quarter. So um, you know they're ranked number two in Class Four A. They're really good. Jack Goins a really good quarterback. He's also a basketball player, a, a really good athlete there, and um, they they have a running back Walker Hall, a senior wide receiver Blake Busson. Um, so this is a tough task for PRP, and, and, and credit to Tommy Williams and PRP, they do this every year. Yeah, they play a hell of a schedule yeah, every yeah. year. Um, you know, and and their district doesn't give them any breaks either, really, with uh, with uh, Butler and, and Saint X and Manuel. So, um, you know, they do this every year. They play Bowling Green last week, the, the defending five A state champ. Then they got Lexington Catholic coming in this week. Um, you know, the, 
PRP got their quarterback last week. You know, he missed Caden Anderson, missed their first game. He's back this week. He's a good quarterback for them, a guy they really sort of build their offense around. Um, but, you know, these are these are different sort of animals, Bowling Green and Lexington Catholic versus, you know, playing some some JCPS teams that they could, you know, run up the score on. So it's going to make them better. But uh, for now, I, I don't see a reason not to pick uh, Lexington Catholic. Tonight. Yeah, and I think that's a great point. You can't help but give respect to Tommy yeah. and everyone yeah. at PRP because we've been critical of a lot of teams that have those watered-down schedules and – and those are, again, the main team that complain about not getting coverage. And I'm like, well, yeah. you're playing – basically you're playing a JV team. And yeah. so we're not going to cover a 45 to nothing game. So, yeah, yeah, props to them. Finally, another team that does not play a watered-down <laughs> schedule. Great segue. <laughs> the Trinity Shamrocks. They are 0-3, but it's also because of who they have played. Those three yeah. teams are just ridiculously good. Yeah. That also One of them play. was a forfeit, uh, COVID forfeit, which – well, yeah. I've gone back and forth whether to count those in the records, but now that the KHSAA is counting them, I guess we have to too. So yeah, sure. you you decide if if you want Trinity to be zero and two, that's fine. We're going zero and three because that's what the KHSAA says. Right. Just to get that out of the way, they, that's true. I forgot the <laughs> the game with the Molar game. Yeah, the Molar game yep. in Cincinnati. So yep. I forgot that they lost that game. Well, yeah, they lost it in kind more ways than one. Yeah, yes. but will they lose on the field? It is to yeah, but will they lose on the field yeah, right. to Cincinnati? Let's well, say a team, you know, a nationally ranked team. I know, yeah, you know, you wrote about it that, you know, they were just blown out by IMG Academy, but it's also yeah. IMG Academy. They beat real football teams. They beat fake football teams. <laughs> yes. If you follow sports, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But what is what's it going to be like when they're in the town playing Trinity, who played a little bit better against uh, Chicago St. Rita? Right. I'm not sure because, you know, we don't see these teams. I think, just given what I've read, I think this might be the best team that Trinity's played so far, and that's probably saying something. Wow. You know, you know, Carmel, Indiana was very good, yeah. although I think they got beat by Center Grove last week, which was the best team in Indiana. I think I have that right. I think that Chicago St. Rita team was pretty good, but they had lost to another team in Illinois when they came down here. Uh, you know, Cincinnati LaSalle, they, they were ranked in the top 25 in the nation in one poll after their 2-0 and start. And then, you know, you know I, don't, I don't know why IMG Academy is even in high school football ranks. That, that's no. not a high school football team. No, it's not. Whatever. Um, you know, and that's not taking anything away from them. Those kids go there for a specific reason, and, you know, they get out of it what they get out of it. But to compare IMG Academy to any other regular high school just really doesn't make much sense to me. But, um, you know, they lost that game, what was it, 58-7. to So, uh, yeah, uh, LaSalle might be uh, thinking about whether they want to play IMG Academy again. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, LaSalle, one of the interesting things, their second-week game, I think they won it 21-7 to over Winton Woods. And I was looking up that game, and I was thinking, okay, who scored the three touchdowns for LaSalle? That's not how they scored 21 points in this game. This is really interesting. They got four field goals. They got a pick six and a safety. Wow. <laughs> That's how they scored their 21 points in that game. So they didn't even score an offensive touchdown. So um, obviously they have a very good defense. They do have a, a, a quarterback, or a, I'm sorry, a running back, Jabron Payne, um, who is committed to IU. So a, a talented running back back there for them. You know, Trinity, you know, they, they did, I think, make some improvement. Uh, from their first game, losing 27-14 to, 
to St. Reed. I, I think the thing that stood out to me statistically from that game is they just weren't able to run the ball. Yeah. Um, you know, 48 yards on 24 attempts, it's, it's not going to get it done for that <laughs> offense. Uh, you know, Armand Tucker, 13 carries for 36 yards. So I don't think Jay Cobb wants to put the pressure on Brady Willis to have to throw for 300 yards every time they go out. So, um, if for their offense, it starts with the running game, and if Trinity can't run the ball, they're gonna they're gonna have a rough night. Yeah. So who are you yeah, going with? I'll, I'll take LaSalle. Yeah. And, Until Trinity can prove that they can win one of these games, I have a hard time picking them. My thing is with Trinity, like I'll just keep it simple. I believe they're gonna win a game this year. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's just gonna be a while, in my honest opinion, because you still got Mel, you still got St. X, you still got another Cincinnati team, the Cincinnati St. X team. Yeah. Ballard. Who is ranked like 15th in the nation. So, yeah. You know, it's, so what is their schedule going forward? We're looking at so it yeah. here. So, yeah, after LaSalle, they got Mail. Mail, probably a loss. Yeah. St. X. Mm, 50-50, maybe. St. X out of Cincinnati. That's a loss. Ballard. And then they get in their district. Ballard, that's probably, you know. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> and then they, you know, St. Louis, St. Mary's, we know nothing about, and then Eastern. So, Yeah. Um, Boy, it, it, Jay Cobb did not uh, <laughs> did not get any gifts schedule wise taking that job. Yeah, so he should go to what the Ozarks and tell Beatty <laughs> like, dude, you should have coached well, one more Beatty year. Beatty will tell you that it's Saxton because Beatty <laughs> would would always say he had nothing to do with the schedule either. So, okay. uh, and they're probably both. Uh, Talking bad about Rob Saxon behind his back. <laughs> no, no offense, Rob, but right, uh, yeah. just that schedule, uh, obviously. But that's what Trinity does. They're going to play a tough schedule, and they're not going to make any apologies for it. But with, with the talent they had this year, it was maybe a little overscheduled this year. And, and the the other part of that is nobody in Kentucky will play them either. No, so, exactly. You know, they, they have to get games where they can find them. Yeah, but I say all that to say as well, though, I'm going with LaSalle. Yeah. I, I just think it's going to be a, another rough day at the office. But, again, they'll – They'll grow from it. They'll get better from it. And then again, you know, next year when they're more than likely going to be, you know, all juniors and they're going to have that type of talent rolling again, it's just going to be like, well, getting your butt kicked in 2021 got you better. So, Well, let's just be honest about Trinity. They're in that district. They're in a district with Ballard and Eastern. Yeah. Okay? So you play those teams your first two playoff games. No matter how down they are, Trinity is going to be favored against either of those teams, Ballard and Eastern. Yeah. So for Trinity – when you're looking big picture, it really just goes to those last three rounds of the playoffs. Yeah. Are you going to be ready for those three rounds? And, and granted, I'm not taking for granted that you know Bauer could give them a game this year, maybe even it, beat them. But if you look at the history of that series, there's no reason to believe Bauer can beat Trinity. Okay, let's just be honest. Yeah. So for Trinity, it really comes down to those last three weeks of the playoffs and being you know playing their best ball then yeah and jay cobb i'm sure right now he's just saying guys just get better yeah if you get yeah. better and then that that's literally that's what it turns into when you get late in the year playoffs and district games yeah. but until then uh, i think <laughs> trinity will be zero four which again is still pretty crazy yeah, to think about. at some point you get tired of learning lessons you just yeah. want to win a game <laughs> yeah but props to them again because yeah. they're they're going to play this schedule when many teams won't and a lot of teams should, but don't. And but it is what it is. But there's a lot from this week's show, and it was a yeah. good talk, good discussions, and it was fun. We ranted for a little bit, and <laughs> we, you know, agreed, disagreed, you name it. But that's what it's all about. So again, enjoy the games this week, everyone, and especially if you are a fan of high school sports. You know, we don't tell you to go to any games, but if you just appreciate the history of high school football, I would recommend going to Central. And yeah. just take that in and 
and just a, it'll be an amazing opportunity and night to see a legendary coach get to be there to salute another legendary coach in Ty Scroggins. So, again, that'll be just a very just special Friday night. But we thank you all for listening to the Prep Rally podcast. Again, you can stream this on all social media platforms. So enjoy the week, enjoy the games, and we will see you next week.